Mums with Hustle podcast, episode 296. Welcome to the Mums with Hustle podcast, where you'll discover everyday mum entrepreneurs killing it in their industry. Learn the secrets you can replicate to create your own success with your host, Tracy Harris. Well, I literally have my hands above my head, waving in the air like I just don't care (laughs) because this is a very special episode. (sighs) So September is actually just a very special month here at TracyHarris.co, previously known as Mums with Hustle. And uh, it's special because September is the month that my business, the very first iteration of my business, went live on the internet six years ago. Six years ago. Gosh, when I look back, when I reflect, there's a lot that has happened. So much has happened. But at the same time, it also feels like yesterday. <laughs> it's crazy. Those of you with children might relate. You know, it's kind of like mm, when your kids start getting a little older, you're like, gosh, where is the time gone? They grow so quickly. But at the same time, it feels super slow. And you remember lots of it. <laughs> oh, and all the milestones and all the hard parts and all the highs and, and the accomplishments. Shout out to all the wonderful people, the friends, the mentors, the students and clients that I have had over the years. I don't know about you. I don't know if you celebrate milestones like your business anniversary. I call it my biz birthday. I don't know if you celebrate that for your own business, but I really hope you do. I hope I hope you do. I believe that we should. It is not an easy feat. I mean it's I do think it's easy to start a business. It's just not easy to keep going. Having your own business seems to bring up all of the insecurities, all of the weak spots in your personality, all of the knowledge gaps in your own skills and expertise, all of the vulnerability, the fear of putting something out there into the world, the fear of stepping off a very certain path of being an employee, which I now think, "Mm, no, there is no safety and certainty in that. You're not even in control in that situation. You think you're in control, but you're not. But at the time, that feels safe. That's familiar. That's what we've been brought up, the majority of us, (laughs) to believe is the path that we're meant to be on. You know, go to school, do well, go to university, do well, get the dream job, get the promotion, do well. And that's supposed to make you feel fulfilled. But for a lot of people, that's not the case. And for a lot of people, it is the case. But then when they're thrust into parenthood, motherhood, a whole other series of challenges and limitations are often presented. They come up. So we dare to step off the path, the familiar path, and we embark on doing our own thing, which is full of promise, 
loads of excitement. Oh my gosh, it's kind of like a honeymoon phase, right? At the beginning of dating someone new. <laughs> it's been so long since I I went through that that phase. Whoops. Um, I've been married for a really long time. Don't even know. 13 years, I think. Anyway, I digress. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like that new relationship phase where you just can't get enough of that person. You can't get enough of each other. It's all you think about. Well, when you first start your business, it's like that as well. And it can be like that for years. Like it can be hard to switch off. You can find yourself thinking about your business and all of the things that you could do and that you want to do right before your eyes shut and you fall asleep. You might even dream about it. And then you wake up in the morning, you open your eyes and it's the first thing on your mind. So I do see those similarities between those early startup years in your business and a new relationship. Kind of, it's all consuming, but in a good way. And before you know it, a year's gone by, a couple of years have gone by, and I look back and I'm like, wow, how did six years go by? And this is episode 296. Hello. In a few more episodes from now, I'm going to be saying those numbers, episode 300. And when I started this podcast, I never anticipated that I would even have 50 episodes, (laughs) let alone 100, let alone be celebrating 300 episodes this month. That's kind of wild to me. And I think it's because we often start out in our business with one particular vision. Like we can only see so far. We can only see so far. And for me, I couldn't see getting up to episode 300. Like just doing episode one and two, that was hard. That took so long. (laughs) I scripted every single word and practiced before I even hit the record button and stuffed up a thousand times and then reset whole, whole things, whole chunks of it. And I've shared this before, you know, I scripted and wrote down every podcast episode For a long time, I can't remember at what episode number it was when I stopped doing that. But sitting here in front of me right now, I literally have um, a notebook, one of my podcast, Mums with Hustle podcast brain explosions notebooks, which I recently had um, designed and printed. And it's just a blank notebook. And I have six numbers down the page with a couple of words next to each number. And I'm going to be taking you through each of those six points because in this episode, we're celebrating six years of the Mums with Hustle podcast and six years of being a business owner, daring to be a business owner. And I encourage each and every one of you to stop and do this reflection practice with me about your own businesses, okay? So the first thing is, I want you to know your business birthday or your business anniversary. I want you to know that. It's okay if you don't know it down to the day. <laughs> you can go and look at your the date on your um, business registration. Go and have a little look at that. That'll tell you when you registered your business name and when you became an official business. 
put that in your calendar. Make it be a recurring event. Gosh, I'm always banging on about the power of the calendar, but if things aren't on there, they don't get done, do they? So put that on your calendar and and celebrate it and make reflecting become part of the celebration. So today I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating six years of having my own business. It means so much to me. Having your own business means a different thing to every single one of us. But for me, when someone says that they're stepping out to have their own business, I celebrate that person because it's a sign of courage. It's a sign of someone who dares to do differently. The second you make that choice, you are lifting the glass ceiling that is placed upon you when you aren't doing your own thing. And, you know, for some people that's deeply fulfilling and for other people they're like, oh, you know, you can have all the responsibility of having your own business. I'm, yeah, that's not for me. And that's okay too. But for the business owner, celebrate. Celebrate everything that you have been through and everything that you have become and everything that you are becoming. So the reflection practice that I'm going to be sharing with you today is basically six lessons that I have learned over the past six years of having my own business or actually became a company a few years ago. So I'm going to be taking you through that. And your invitation is to think of six lessons that you have learned maybe not necessarily over the past six years, could just be in the past six months. You attach the time to it. Could just be the past, you know, 12 months. Six lessons that you have learned. I wonder how similar ours are. Anyway, I'm going to go through mine now and share them with you. So the first lesson that I want to highlight, first thing that came to mind, and I didn't stop myself when I put these six numbers down the page, I just wrote the first thing that came to mind. I didn't question whether it was big enough to really celebrate and call out publicly on the podcast. I didn't try to rationalize or like come up with reasoning to justify why I felt that this was a learning and, you know, was it really the biggest? No. And also they're not in any particular order. Okay. All right, cool. So the first lesson learned is my own Enneagram type. Now, you may have heard me on the podcast before, or maybe you are part of my Inner Circle Mastermind. You definitely know what an Enneagram type is. Or maybe you're part of my Social Method Society and you've heard me kind of briefly touch on the Enneagram assessment. It is you know, a personality assessment and a brilliant one at that. But I've done a lot of learning over the last few years in particular about the Enneagram assessment and in particular about my own Enneagram type, but also all of the nine Enneagram types. So there are nine types on the Enneagram assessment, personality types, if you haven't already worked that out. And I've done a lot of deep work 
and learning into each of the nine types, including my own. And why this has been such a big thing for me is that knowing my own Enneagram type has really helped me to have a greater sense of self-compassion, like just understanding how my brain is wired to receive and perceive the world around me and interactions with other people and even my own productivity habits. Knowing what I know about myself, I can forgive myself for the deficits that I have in my personality. I can forgive myself and uh, have that self-compassion. I can also set myself boundaries that are going to help me thrive. I can hold myself accountable to things. I can become more self-aware, but also it's really helped to improve my own leadership style, how I lead in my business, how I lead in my life, how I lead in my family, even in my social circles, because it encourages you to not just think about yourself in any given interaction, but to also understand others on a deeper level and how they see the world, how they communicate, what their core desires are. So I feel like my my relationships, even on a personal level, with people that I hold really dear to me have just deepened because of the awareness that I bring to the different Enneagram types. And these people don't even know that I highly educated guess happening with each of their Enneagram types and therefore I can meet them where they're at or I can understand what they're saying from their perspective, not necessarily through my perspective, and therefore there's just more harmony and, again, compassion and understanding and respect for people that think differently. So, yeah, understanding my Enneagram type and the types of others has been a huge one. So on to number two of six lessons learned. I have learned that I love having a team. So this is a huge one for me. This is something that I used to cringe about in the earlier years of my business to the point that I considered keeping my business and therefore myself small so that I didn't have to get any help in any way, shape or form, because the thought of having any contractor or anybody on my team in any capacity scared me, if I'm honest. The thought of having to invite someone into my business, you know, they'd see behind the scenes. Sometimes it's a hot mess back there. (laughs) It's like the kitchen drawer, you know, the junk drawer. Sometimes our business can feel like the junk drawer, right? Like we know where stuff is, but if someone else came in, particularly in those early days when you don't really have systems and you don't really have processes, to let someone see the junk drawer is a little bit, can be a little bit embarrassing. So anyway, I had to fight through that resistance. But then also letting someone work on something that is so precious to you. Like that is a big deal. It's a lot of trust that you put in people 
when you bring anyone on in any capacity to help you. And then there's the responsibility. There's the responsibility of leading the team. There are the hard conversations that sometimes have to take place. That feels very uncomfy, especially for certain Enneagram types, like myself. <laughs> and of course, the, the other person, the, the team member, the contractor. But, you know, I realized my focus was on all of the hard or the scary parts of having help in your business, of having a team, and it wasn't on the joy. And so if anyone in my team is listening to this episode, damn, I love you and I give so much gratitude to you. We have so much fun at work and like underneath it all, yes, they are rad at what they do, but they are such great humans and I enjoy having a team. I enjoy the responsibility. I enjoy providing a flexible workplace for women, um, most of whom have children. I think that's a really special thing. I enjoy having a team. So there you go. Number three, a lesson that I have learned is to embrace slow progress. Oh, my hands just went back in the air, like over my head, like fanned out, woo, as if I was dancing. Embrace slow progress. That's a lesson. Embrace it. The opposite of that is resisting it, resenting it, like feeling frustrated. The opposite of that is not gratitude. It's it's the opposite of gratitude. You know, it's it's feeling like it's not good enough. But embracing it, embracing the season that you're in, whether you have a baby in your arms right now and you're listening to this episode and maybe you're typing an Instagram caption with one thumb, I still, I don't have a baby in my arm anymore, but I'm still typing with my one thumb because I'm so used to it. (laughs) You know, embrace the season of life that you're in. Be present. Enjoy it. And don't make it mean that you can't build a really rad, successful business. No, just know that it might take a little bit longer Um, It doesn't even have to if you're prepared or if you're able to invest in systems or people. You know, I've shared before, I'm completely bootstrapped. So that means completely self-funded, started with zero and have reinvested slowly back into the business. But embrace slow progress. It's okay if you can only work on your business for 20 minutes a day. It really is okay. It's still a valid thing to want that business because the situation won't be like that forever and you're sowing seeds for the future. Now, I've got a little example before I move on to the fourth point. There was a lovely lady who I will keep anonymous and she's inside of my social method society. It's a membership for women that are growing businesses, marketing on Instagram and you know, she came in and she shared just the other week that she only made $8,000 in profit in the past year, $8,000 in profit. And so she was like, you know, but she's she's in this whole season of slow progress and you got to embrace that slow progress. So I said to her, well, what if the goal was slow progress and what if 
you just doubled your profit every year. In five years, where would you be? What would you be turning in in terms of a profit if you doubled from now, which is 8,000? You doubled it every year for five years. What's that number? And then would you think, gosh, that was worth it? I'm glad I persisted. And you know, the number is $256,000 by the fifth year. If all you did was chip away at it, learn, keep inspired, be consistent, feed your mind, do the work. In five years, that 8K, that $8,000 is now $256,000 in a year profit. And you can go ahead and do the maths and double it again for the next year. But literally, that's what slow progress looks like. And it should be celebrated. And more, I want to say more women, mums in particular, valuing it and investing in themselves, doing the work, having their eyes on that, because we are literally writing our own success stories for ourselves, for our businesses, for our families today. It's happening now in the present. (laughs) What we do today is going to create our future. Embrace slow progress. All right, number four. I love this one. You know that saying, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. (laughs) That's my fourth point. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. I feel like in the early days of my business, I wished for like a fairy godmother type of thing to happen to me. Like I wished like, oh, if only this influencer would share my thing or if only I could speak in front of that person's audience or if only I, you know, had this opportunity or if only I could get on the Today Show. No, you cannot live in a state of if only and wish for opportunities and even feel entitled to opportunities. We have to go out there and make our own opportunities and stop wishing, you know, that we'll get picked up in the media or someone's going to notice us and share our stuff. And hey, what do you know? Six-figure, multiple six-figure, seven-figure business owner. No. We create our own opportunities. We're not victims. We're not reliant on anybody else. We do the work. It's not some business coach's problem. It like there's no quick fix. Our businesses are not anyone else's responsibility but our own. And we create our own opportunities. That is my fourth point. Point number five, a lesson learned is to deeply value and practice self-care. And I know that they are two words, self-care, that are trendy words. I know people say it. I know it's everywhere, seems to be everywhere these days. Maybe I notice it because it's front of mind for me. (laughs) Maybe it's not everywhere for other people, but I feel like it is, right? 
but truly valuing it and practicing self-care on a consistent basis. And let me tell you, it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel a little guilty for practicing self-care. And there might be people like, what? Should you feel guilty? What? No, you shouldn't. Why is she saying that? Well, not every single person or personality type is going to feel guilty about practicing self-care. But there are a lot of people, myself included, that may feel that guilt, at least in the beginning. But you are worthy of self-care consistently, daily self-care. And it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you be a healthy, healthier, better functioning human in all areas of your life. Like you will be a sharper thinker. You'll be a better mother or parent. You'll be a better friend or daughter. You'll be a better employee. You'll be better in every aspect of your life if you look after yourself. So, you know, we've shared so many helpful podcast episodes here on the Mums with Hustle podcast, talked about self-care in so many ways. We just had the uh, lovely Abby Gilmore on the podcast last week, you know, with lots of helpful, positive affirmations that she shared. And I recall a wonderful episode with Jessica Donovan. Uh, Jessica is a naturopath. She's one of the beautiful ladies in my Inner Circle Mastermind. And she shared some daily self-care habits to do with movement and nutrition, nourishing your body that can really set you up to have a more energized and productive day, but also help your mindset. Go and check out her episode as well. Jessica Donovan, love her. So self-care, like there's no glory in not practicing self-care. There's no glory in putting yourself last or not, not eating well or not prioritizing rest. So make sure that you find a way to fit those things in and they don't have to be big. They don't have to be lengthy. They also don't have to cost anything. Self-care is a non-negotiable. And number six, oh, number six is to find yourself a mentor or several mentors and a community of peers that are like-minded, people that set goals, people that take action and put yourself around those people. Pay to be around those people, to be learning from those people, to be in friendship circles with those people. Like that is something that I did from very, very early on in my first year of business. And it is something that I will never stop doing. And that's why I'm so passionate about also providing that same thing to all of you in this community regardless of what stage you're at. You know, some of you are perfect, perfect for the social method society. If you are a woman marketing on Instagram, if you've got a business and Instagram, 
is one of your core marketing platforms, then you belong in the Social Method Society. You can go to socialmethodsociety.com, check it out. I'm actually going to be opening the membership in a couple of weeks' time, um, in the first week of October. So make sure you keep following, check your emails, check along in um, on Instagram. I'll, I'll talk about it more there. But never deny yourself access to people that are doing what you want to do too. Like we all need community. That's been huge for me, massive in my growth. It's fast-tracked me. I feel a hell of a lot more supported, especially in those early days. Sometimes your family and your friends quite, you know, don't quite get what you're doing or they haven't quite come around to the idea of what you're doing. And that can be really hurtful. Like how important is it then to go out and put yourself in a circle of people that do understand, people that can uplift and motivate and encourage and inspire and in help and help you expand your thoughts to greatness. Like that's really important. <laughs> so the importance of having mentors and a community of peers is something that I will, yeah, I will just never deny myself of so important. So they're my six things. They're my six lessons learned. I'll just do a quick little recap. All right. So number one was learning about the Enneagram, knowing my type, knowing the other types. Number two was that I enjoy having a team. Love them to bits. Number three, embrace slow progress. Number four, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Create your own damn opportunities. (laughs) Number five, self-care consistently. And number six, always have a mentor and community. And I mean that. I mean all of them. So there you go. I invite you now to do your practice. Like what are six lessons learned for you? And don't second guess them. Don't overthink them. Don't try to rationalize them. Don't be like, oh no, it's not big enough. It should be something bigger. Nope. The first six things that come to mind are the first six things that you write down. And um, I always like to send a message or send a card or pick up the phone and thank some key people that have either inspired me, whether they know it or not. It could be someone's podcast that I listen to. It could be a mentor whose program, you know, I belong to. It could be a friend that showed me some encouragement. But in addition to this practice of writing the six things, are there some people that you could shoot a quick message to and just say, thank you so much for helping me? even if you didn't realize that you were on my business journey and just give them some kudos, that gratitude, such a lovely thing to put out there. So that's what I'm going to go and do immediately after this podcast episode. But before I do that, I want to thank each and every one of you that has listened to this episode or to any of the Mums With Hustle podcast episodes. I really do enjoy spending this time excuse me, recording these episodes, hanging out with you. I love this community so much. I think it's incredibly important 
We are Australia's leading and longest standing community for mums building businesses from home. And I'm really proud to say that. And I love that you're here. However you found your way here, maybe it was a friend, maybe a school (laughs) mum. I don't know, but I'm grateful that you've ended up here, you listened to this episode, and it would mean so much to me, like the ultimate birthday gift. If you could go onto iTunes and leave me a five-star review, that's how you can say thanks to me. It means so much. Anyway, I will leave it there. If you do head on over and leave a review, please also include your Instagram handle because I do like surprising people from time to time and popping over and saying hi in the DMs and thank you. Um, So yeah, leave your Instagram handle there. But yeah, that's it from me. Love you lots. And I'll see you here next week on the Mums with Hustle podcast.